Definitely. And we're <laughs> every week. Um, and we're back. We're back. Um, welcome to another edition of uh, Nick. No, uh, the JCAS. The JCAS presents. Uh, Nick, Nick and, and Nat consume and, and obey. obey. Uh, the JCAS obviously being the John, John Carpenter, Carpenter Appreciation Society. Society. We are the Appreciation Society for the uh, the Master of Horror, John Carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we're one of them podcasts. Um, and uh, and uh, we're in the treehouse. Me, uh, multi-award winning comedian Nick Helm. Um, uh, and uh, and uh, Nathaniel Metcalf um, are the JCAS. Uh, everyone wants to be in the JCAS, but there's only two members, guys. If you want to join, then you're going to have to climb up the rope ladder and see if you're cool enough. Um, <laughs> but we suspect that you're not cool enough. So um, You can send us some auditions to see how cool you are via yeah. our email. Oh, you're going straight into the emails, right? We're going no, straight I'm just into mentioning the email. Yeah, right, okay. But okay, We're going to do it later. We're going to annoy our new listeners up top. Let's do it. You can email us <laughs> yeah. at, at Nick and, and Nat. Nat. J-C-A-S at gmail.com that's J N I C K A N D N A T J C A S at G M A L C dot C O M. Okay, so so we're off. It's another it's another edition of if this is your first episode. Good luck. Um, we've only done seven. We've only done seven, and and not it's one. Off the rails. We've done seven, and not one single. Well, this is the seventh. Um, uh, maybe we should have rested. Yes. Like God, you see. Yeah. Uh, but uh, like our, <laughs> our Lord Jesus Christ, the JCAS. Um, yes, <laughs> God. Uh, imagine if that was what it was. Um, uh, our favourite JC. John, John Carpenter. Carpenter. Um, so, uh, uh, and uh, yeah, and uh, and he's resurrected himself from many uh, uh, crucifixions in the press <laughs> for um, films. The good that, films. Film, films that were, were thought of as bad at the time, but have later on <laughs> become to be the staple, uh, the cornerstone of my entire life. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, 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 sure. Anyway, so we So, if this is the first time, we'll say we're yet to nail it. We, we're we, still trying we're now. Still, we're still we're still trying, but like, do you know what? We're still trying. Yeah. So, yeah, you can look at that. You can look at. I think I made my point, but you can look at that both ways, can't you? Um, uh, as long as we're not trying, that's the main point. Um, so, uh, um, right, we're the JCAS. We're in our little clubhouse treehouse. Mm -hmm. um, we're joined with uh, our resident Good robot, the JCAS. Good morning, boys. <laughs> Hello. Um, probably best uh, you sit over there for a little okay. bit and, and then we'll get back to you in a bit. Okay. Do I you? you a different voice this week. Do you? Yeah. Oh, do you? Oh. Yeah, it was more, um, it was sort of, I don't know, more sort of Englishy, sort of, a bit a bit Dalek-y, I suppose. It was a bit kind of... What's he, what's he, what's, what do you think's wrong with him? I don't know. Do you think maybe 
Maybe he hasn't spoken for a week and uh, yes, he's just been put it. on the spot a bit. Yes, that's it. Oh, there you go. That's he's the just been indoors, I reckon, editing indoors. the last episode. He's been he's been up the treehouse all by himself while we've been making enough money in the week so that we can... Visit him. <laughs> this is a money pit. Yeah. <laughs> but, but we're doing it. Right, great. Um, so... Um, uh, th- this is a weekly podcast where me and me, me and me and my mate Nathaniel Metcalf, uh, I'm Nick Helm, uh, talk about I'm Nick. Uh, talk about <laughs> just call I'm me Nick. Nick. <laughs> I, I'm Nick, and this is Matt Nathaniel Metcalf, <laughs> and together we are the JCAS. And every week we meet up and we talk about what stuff we've consumed this mm-hmm. week. What what media we mainly films we've watched yeah. consumed this week and if you've got any suggestions of what we should watch we won't necessarily deliberately you know we won't necessarily um explicitly follow your directions but if you've got any suggestions of stuff that we should watch then um if we if we like the sound of it we'll, we will obey we will obey but yeah. you've got to write in to tell us so write yeah. in um give us uh nick <laughs> <laughs> write in to nick and nah. Nah. J-C-A-S. J-C-A-S. it's a difficult email it we is. we we neither Nat um, well so our former producer on our last show fan club who for on another radio station, um, uh, she set us up with an email and I feel like it may have been like uh, throwing a hand grenade at us and then walking away. <laughs> it's a, it's a, an unwieldy email address, but um, but nevertheless we will uh, don't don't worry we will read it out at regular intervals for you, um, and uh, if you've got. Uh, any fan mail to to write in, any suggestions to write in, and if you've got, uh, if you want any advice, then mm-hmm. then just simply um, uh, write touching tips in the uh, in the subject, subject line, box, yeah. and 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 we'll get round to giving you uh, some uh, some life advice if that's what you need. Um, uh, so uh, this is a weekly roundup where I've just done that. So okay. <laughs> so what are you Yet being a fan that. of this week? I tell you what. Last week, after we recorded the show, mm. I was meeting my parents in the evening and I realised that I had a three-hour window and I went, hello, that's a good film watching uh, amount of time. Well, yeah, I mean, you can kind of like, uh, it's enough time to choose a film, Yeah, it's enough time to watch a film yeah. and it's enough time to revel in the afterglow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I and, chose and Do you know film. what it would be for Go me on. if it was... If it was the three-hour window. Yeah, I would try and find two films that were an hour and twenty-five minutes each, and I would do both. That's that's good. That's good. But you probably had a lot of research time. I was trying to see a film in the cinema. I picked a film. Oh. I picked a long film. Oh. Give myself a shorter window, but I made it all in time. It all worked out. Can I guess what you went to see? Go on, Babylon. Yes, but not last Sunday. Oh, well, this is well. Then I got it wrong. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you got it right. but bless you for trying to make me feel like <laughs> I said something of any interest. Yeah, go on. No, um, I saw uh, Tar. Oh the right, the Kate Blanchet movie. <laughs> That's right, Kate Blanchet. Yeah, go on. Um, I thought it was great. Really? It's. Um, I wasn't sure. I'd heard only good things about it, and then I was like, for a while, it, I was like, not my. I've the only thing I've really heard about it is from all of the right wing uh, YouTube channels that I follow, oh, yeah. um, what do and they they've reckon? been really kind of like heralding that speech halfway through, where uh, 
she talks about woke culture. Sure. They've been really championing It's that. interesting because she's not a particularly likeable <laughs> character, <laughs> is it? Well, uh, she's their new hero. Uh, she's the, <laughs> yeah. the fictional character who gets cancelled. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is, so what is, what's it like? It's really good. I've not seen either of these films. So um, it, it's, uh, it plays like a real thriller. But it is that. It is about kind of cancel culture and people. Uh, but a lot of what she does in it, it is... She is an incredibly, like, it's made out that she's like an EGOT. She's incredibly gifted uh, composer and arranger and everything. So a lot of it is that thing where it does sort of hang in the air about, like, does that matter if someone in their personal life does some bad thing? Can things? you separate and, the art from yeah. the artist? And is it is it someone who is making, I mean, she seems to be, it's not so much someone who's made a mistake. She does seem to have this sort of insidious thing where she kind of almost like grooms kind of young um, people who want to join our orchestra. Mm. Um, but it plays like a thriller, the whole kind of her, these kind of accusations and this unravelling uh, in a way that, yeah, it feels like it's very, uh, it's really easy watching. It's like two hours 40, I think, but it flies along because it just plays like a thriller. It's just like, oh God. And you're, you're sort of, it, you follow her. She's in every scene. So it's very much from her point of view, but you are going... So when things are unravelling, you're getting that thing. Even though you know the things she's been accused of are wrong and you disagree with it, you're seeing it from her point of view. So your heart's sinking as well, like, oh, this isn't going well for you, is it? Right. <laughs> so it's really... But I can sort of see... I don't think... I, I don't think it's at all something where you're meant to... I think, I think it's a smart film and it's designed to make you kind of think Thanks. for yourself. Yeah. And not be led by it. But it's also about someone who is doing things that are clearly wrong by anyone's metric, you know. Yeah. And I think it's also just saying, you know, you but you're also saying, but this person is kind of some of the things that she's some of the things that almost start the ball rolling, like I think that scene you're talking about halfway through, uh, which gets kind of published, that's the thing that almost starts this ball rolling. But what she's saying there isn't the bad bit. The bad bit is all this stuff she's still trying to cover up. Right. So it's not even like the thing she's almost being cancelled for isn't the right stuff, right. if you know what I mean. She should be cancelled, but not for what yeah. you're cancelling her for. So it's, 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 it's a smart film, and it plays like it's a really watchable, sort of smart thriller. Okay, so um, so it's kind of like uh, a movie about what's the difference between an arsehole and a cunt. <laughs> Great, I'll give that a go. <laughs> what, about, uh, what about Babylon? Babylon. I saw it last night. I loved it. Oh, really? I wasn't sure I was going to love it. I'm, I'm very agnostic about Damien um, Chazelle. What's it? Uh, what's it about? It is sort of incredibly bombastic, really visceral, very 18 certificate. Um, uh, it's basically about 1920s Hollywood moving into sound. Now, are they, uh, are they playing, like, historical figures? Like, So who's in it? Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie? Mm -hmm. um, there's lots of kind of supporting characters. Um, so it's, it's kind of like an ensemble, of, really, yeah. of all these, like, various actors and producers and people trying to break into Hollywood of musicians who are all around Hollywood at that time. And it's basically, like, how the pre-sound era Hollywood is basically like the Wild West. And it's crazy. And it's gross-out humour. That's what I wasn't expecting. It's real, like, 
it plays it all. Everything's disgusting, right. and it's just like, oh god, like debauched. so much of it is debauched. But it's um, there's lots of kind of um, quite heavy-handed metaphors, which seem a bit, which is the bit that's the uh, the most kind of adolescent bit of it. Isn't the opening shot an elephant shitting on a woman? It's an elephant shitting on a man. Oh right, okay, right. But close, yeah. There's yeah, a, they're basically within close. within the first ten minutes. It's really like quite overwhelming by how <laughs> disgusting it is. It's oh, quite man. like. But, it's, but did you see it on your own? Yeah, I saw oh, it on my man. own, and I I went. I was deciding. It was on at the IMAX. And I went, do I want to pay twenty IMAX? quid? Or do I want to pay IMAX. twenty quid to see it at the IMAX? And then I went. When I watched it, I went. I'm so glad I did that. I think I've seen. It's, it's like the gravity. End, yeah. It like, <laughs> my God. It's like being shat on. Oh, my God. By a, by a massive elephant. Two, two, two tickets for me, please. I'm on <laughs> my got, own. It's got, you know, it's sex, it's violence, um, it's shitting, it's pissing, it's um, bodily fluids, it is all over it. It's so big and debauched. It's a very 18 certificate. It's got Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie in it. It's got sort of, you know, big, big stars in this film. Yeah. It's a $100 million movie. Everything's on screen and you're going, I love this, but who else is this yeah, for? Yeah, right. Is it like a Baz Luhrmann film on acid? It's not bad. It's better than the Baz Luhrmann film. I, I think I I find it almost, it was it was so brash by how like, oh my God. Right. Oh, right. I'm watching it's that. that. It's, <laughs> I was on the edge like like. Do I really want to watch a... a f- yeah. And then it's got bits where... The, then you've got bits of plot where it really slows down. So you've got this thing... It's a three-hour movie as well. Yeah. Which is the other... Everything about it is baffling that it got made. Yeah. But it's got big stars in it. And the only thing... I kept thinking... The only kind of comparison I can think of is something like... Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? It must be because that made so much money that they went... Oh, Hollywood, the past, Brad Pitt, big Margot director... Robbie. Margot Robbie... Um, great, we're doing another one of these, and it's it's like it's an eighteen cert. That's fine. So was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It feels like that. It's like it's. But it's, I also feel like the boundaries of what an eighteen certificate is has sort of like moved so much now. I, I was like off the sub off the off the topic, but I remember um, I was talking to my girlfriend about uh, computer <laughs> computer game. She was talking about them as well. We were having a joint <laughs> conversation about them, and we were talking about. <laughs> Um, because uh, she was talking about that there was a trailer for Tekken that had come out, and mm-hmm. Tekken, and she like apparently they made a Tekken movie like ten years ago, and she was a huge Tekken fan when she was growing up, and she played Tekken a lot. And I was just like, I don't even know what Tekken is. That's kind of like it passed me by. But when I was growing up, I was like a Street Fighter Two fan, right? So I used to play Street Fighter Two, um, and I wasn't really into Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. And then I remembered that Mortal Kombat, when they released Mortal Kombat on like the uh, the Master System or the Mega Drive, and I think they released one on uh, Sega and one on Nintendo, and they had sort of slightly different things. And I remember there being like a fifteen certificate on it, and I think they released they either released two versions where there was one without blood and one with blood, and then or. Um, or they released uh, one without blood, and then there was a cheat code to make it bloody. Right. I can't remember, but there was sort of this like... It does sort of vaguely ring a bell with was, me. It was like, the blood in Mortal Kombat is so realistic that you've got to be a grown-up to watch this. And it was like, thinking back on it, it's so quaint. 
that this like is bright red pixelated blood. <laughs> it's like and, and, and like you know, kids aren't gonna be, a hand, be able to handle that. And then when you look at computer games now, they're so you look at something like Grand Theft Auto, where basically you just go around uh, destroying things. Uh, killing assaulting sex people, yeah, killing sex workers. It's just like, oh god, right? And 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 that's like, I mean, that's accessible for anyone that's got a copy of it in their house, or anyone that can like download it off the fucking internet. Mm. So, so it's kind of like the 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 barometer of what is acceptable and what's not acceptable has changed so much. And so sometimes I'll be watching like a twelve or a fifteen. And there'll be something that's so sort of like brutally violent and disgusting in it. And you'll be like, going, oh, my God, this is like for kids. This is yeah. fucking you like like Robocop. I mean, if you reclassified Ro- Robocop now, would that still be an 18? Because it's so sort oh, of like 15. Sure. It's so like Terminators are 15 now. Yeah. And like um, uh, uh, but like uh, Ghostbusters is a 12. Do you know right. what I mean? It's like some stuff. Like I, I would say that probably Back to the Future, if it didn't have Spielberg involved, that would be a twelve, yeah. right? Because there's loads of swearing. Well, not loads of swearing, but there's enough swearing in it where you go, "Is this a PG?" Well, they did a re-release of ET last year, and it I was an eighteen. <laughs> no, that's always been a U film. But go, yeah, it's a U film, and that film has swearing in all the way through, and you think. Yeah, because it's got kids in it. And part of these films, you think, I don't know if the people watching those films actually watched them when they were classifying them. I think they just went, what is it? It's an alien. What's it? He meets a little kid, does he? Okay, you. I think that, I think maybe they were looking for stuff like context, mm. where you kind of like go, yeah, there is swearing in it, but um, for all the other content, you know, like it's nothing that people wouldn't hear in the street yeah. or growing up in a house. Do you know what I mean? You can't shield kids from that sort of stuff. And then now it's kind of like got a, a lot more like, well, if there's any swearing, uh, that's for grown-ups. But if there's like extreme uh, and sex, that's for grown-ups. But yeah. like violence is just like, is it, it's acceptable for everyone. Yeah, it's I mean, fantasy. the one that always got me as a kid was the U certificate on Watership Down, where you just think, that film is disgraceful. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's, that's... It's, it's violence, it's bloody violence and horror. Yeah, but it's psychologically <laughs> damaging. Yeah. Like there's no no you it's know an 18, I can't maybe. even look at Art Garfunkel now without coming out in the sweats. Um, yeah, it's it, 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 it's kind of weird. So I think kind of it, so when you see a film that is like an eighteen and it's like okay, this is going to be horrible. You're also there's so few eighteens now. Well, I watched a fucking I watched an eighteen certificate on the plane, right on on the plane coming back. What film was that? It had um, uh, Rebecca Hall in it. Um, Recent one. Yeah. Um, is it passing? Is it that one? No, it wasn't. Um, hang on. But yeah, it just feels like so many now. I think the studios are so reluctant to have 18 cert films that it very rarely do you get one. It's all, um, and, and yeah, I think it takes a lot. It was called Resurrection, Resurrection. And it got Rebecca Hall and Tim Roth in it. And it was like, oh, I watched that. I like Tim Roth. And then you watch it, and Tim Roth plays like this disgusting character. And you think it's going to be kind of like, uh, when it starts, you think it's going to be like a Me Too horror. And and it sort of is, but it sort of isn't. And then, um, and then, well, I know, I'm, I'm going to spoil it. Spoiler! Spoiler! Um, uh, he ate her baby. Oh, my God. And he's like this guy that ate her baby. And you can get you can get me too for that now, can you? Yeah. <laughs> what next? What next? In the eighties, uh, that would have been a you. Yeah, um, ridiculous. But like, it's kind of like it's like this. Like, it doesn't it doesn't quite work, right? As a film, like like I think maybe about half an hour in, you realise what the thing is, and you're like, oh, 
oh, it's this, is it? <laughs> okay, right. It, like, I thought is it, it was... played like for, as a sort of fantasy? Matt, is it played in... It's, it's played like a woman is losing her mind. And right. and um, and I guess it's sort of like uh, a metaphor. I didn't I didn't think it was like a, a one million percent successful movie. Right. Um, it started off at what as one thing. I really like Rebecca Hall, and it's not um, metaphorical or anything. It's played as a real. Well, I, it, well, it's meant to be kind of like uh, like a fable. We're meant okay. to we're, we're meant to take something from it and uh, and go oh, and apply it to our world. It's it's basically it's about kind of. Uh, gaslighting and uh, psychological torment and damage and uh, past trauma and um, and her past traumas come back to haunt her but then the actual trauma itself is kind of like it's gross and horrible horrific but it also sort of like you go yeah that's what <laughs> that's what the film's about <laughs> Tim Roth ain't a baby. <laughs> and it's like, okay, cool. Okay, cool. No, cool. And then when you watch it, you go, yep, yeah, this is an 18. I was sat next to a kid on that plane for 11 hours. <laughs> they didn't hear it, but, I mean, most of the visuals were did, did the job for you. It was like, fucking hell. I hadn't really ever thought of that, that if you're sat next to a kid on a plane, well, normally, they can just watch your no, horrific movie. Normally they do like a plane edit, and I think that some of the stuff I was watching, you know, I think I watched, what was the fucking thing that I watched that got edited? It was um, the Melissa McCarthy film Spy. They, <laughs> they edited that for the plane uh, because they were just like... Just because they were worried a kid might be sat next to someone. I don't know what happens to the bad guy in Spy <laughs> because he was, he's in a helicopter one minute. I suspect what happens is the helicopter goes upside down and the guy falls out and he goes in the propellers, right? right? But all I know is that he was in the movie and then he wasn't in the movie. <laughs> it was like, all right, no one did any swearing and it was like, fine. <laughs> Meanwhile, Tim Roth is eating a baby <laughs> and it's like, you know, um, like fucking hell. It was, it was, it was, an, it was an odd film. It was an odd film. Um, and I would say that I think the baby element maybe dragged me out. <laughs> but yeah, so to see, go to the cinema, pay your money and be like, this is an 18, like um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I mean, that legitimately earned its... Yeah, it, so does this. It's 18 different. So because at the end, I mean, like that last fucking 10 minutes is like one of the most horrific things I've ever seen. <laughs> and it's kind of like, I don't know, yeah. Mm. I would say though, I mean, both films are kind of about it really, but this film also ends with this thing that's really about a genuine like love of cinema. That you end up going like, by the end, it's like moving and it's just like, oh, I loved it. It just feels like it's all about films and how much. And it really made me like Damien Chazelle a lot more. I've well, been really else, agnostic. So what else is... He did La La Land. He did Whiplash, which everyone, he right. was, and that's when he I, promoted oh, as his right. sort of wonderkind. He was like 24 or something, wasn't he? And he did this. And I remember seeing it and it was one of the few films I'd seen where you're watching a film by like a new big director who was younger than me. And when I watched it, I went, it feels adolescent. It feels really like, like there's bits of it that just made me cringe a bit. Like what, I, in Babylon? No, in um, Whiplash. Whiplash. That I felt like that is, that is a young person making this film in a way that it's like they haven't quite grasped certain things. Yeah, but that's, well, I mean, that's what's good about it, right? I guess. Like, I guess like that's what is it, what people it's like. It's a little bit. Well, not not. Maybe like, he was too close in age. No, but not like what's good about it in terms of. I mean, like when you go and see someone's um, 
GCSE mm. uh, drama final. You know, I'm doing it all the time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they can't stop me. <laughs> they try. Um, so you're going to see, like, or like an A-level piece or something like that. That is the thing that is a product of uh, how old you were yeah. and who you were when you did it. And when you see a young filmmaker, um, you know, something like Jaws is a rarity where it's an absolute timeless classic. Uh, you know, that was a fucking... <laughs> That was a fucking PG. Mm. And the reason why that was a PG was that Steven Spielberg said, yeah, you're not going to walk down the street and get attacked by a shark, though. And they were like, absolutely. You're, <laughs> you're, you're, you're bang right with that, Spielberg. You know. So can I have that uh, floating uh, disembodied head? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so? Can yeah. I have that leg? Yeah, 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 yeah. Can, like, I, can we eat a kid? and? Uh, yeah, can we eat a kid and an explosion of blood? And you go, yeah, we can do that. Absolutely. That's not going to happen in the street. <laughs> you go, all right. I can't put my feet on the ground <laughs> when I'm sat on the sofa and I'm even thinking about Jaws I have to take my feet off the floor and bring them up to the sofa kids, when I was at school I would say Jaws is responsible for loads of kids around my age who never learnt to swim because they would literally have like notes from their mum saying they cannot swim in a swimming pool where you can see all the edges yeah. because of Jaws. When we used to go on holiday and we were like in Portugal, as soon as it got dark, I'd have to come out of the swimming pool because I'd be like, it's going to come through the air vents. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Um, because in the 80s, the Jaws movies were repeated. It didn't matter <laughs> yeah. which one. There was didn't four of them. One. It didn't matter because when you're six, you're not going like, fucking hell, you can see the black outline around that special effect. Do you know what I mean? Jaws 3 is just as terrifying, if not more terrifying, because it's at a theme park. Than Jaws one, so it's like so all of them films fucked us up as yeah. a generation. There's and probably they, loads of kids that drowned because of Jaws. I was 14 <laughs> when I played Mortal Kombat, and and I cannot look at a pixel. Do you know what I mean? It is, oh, it gives me the willies, puts the willies right up me. Um, so so yeah, so you you talk about whiplash, and it's kind of like I don't think just because you make a film, you have to be, um, uh, you necessarily have to be a person of uh, of like infinite wisdom no of course not and i think that you look at it as a time capsule as like this is a film that was made by a 24 year old and it has all of like the great stuff that comes with that yeah. and also some of the trappings that come with that where you kind of like go well he hasn't kind of like got an entire grasp of i've never seen whiplash yeah. um, but anyway it put me off full disclosure i didn't enjoy it and it was one of those films that was so lauded and i was like i didn't like it at all and then la la land came out which i didn't bother with because of whiplash and that seems to be quite polarizing some people seem to love it some people seem to hate it certainly he sort of did lots of won lots of awards and things and then he did first man which i went to see which i liked a lot which oh, was the neil armstrong fuck. yes i saw that with um fucking ryan yeah, gosling ryan gosling and to me that's in uh, you've now got a trilogy of the right stuff first man apollo 13 as like a like an unofficial space trilogy right that um yeah, that's funny. First Man, I saw that. Claire Foy. Claire Foy, yeah. I saw that, I enjoyed it, and I've not thought about it since, until you just mentioned it just then. Okay, I, re I thought that was really good. I thought that was the one where I was like, oh, this is... It felt like a... It was one that felt like a proper movie, felt really within its time. Everyone in it looked correct they looked 50 specific which i really liked yeah like the attention to detail was great yeah. and also ryan gosling was great because yeah. you know they made him into he, he wasn't a monster but they made him into sort of like uh, he was a hard mm. character to root for and to do you know what i mean yeah. I and thought, i think that was it they probably hadn't done it before 
because Neil Armstrong wasn't a necessarily this charismatic guy. He's a serious guy, and that's why he got the job, because he's like the best man to go to the moon and get there yeah. is a guy who takes his work really seriously. Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. And I thought, yeah, I, I, but I, I, that's interesting that I've not thought about it since. And um, this is this is a new, and this for me is like by far his best film. I think the ending of First Man was really beautiful, isn't it? When he's on the moon, mm. he's, he's remembering his daughter. Mm. Isn't that what happens? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, how interesting. Not thought about it at all. Like, I remember Apollo 11 more than that. Um, okay, cool. Uh, so Babylon, Babylon, right? I'd recommend it if you, but you need to go in knowing what you're getting. It's a very visceral oh, right. experience. I'm, it's I'm, an experience. I'm all in for that. I'm, and also by the end, even it's like, um, yeah, at the end, it's even. It, I think it works perhaps so much better on IMAX as well that you really get you're immersed. totally immersed. You're totally immersed in, in the shit in and the shit. vomit and the sponge. So if that um, if that appeals to you. Babylon. <laughs> Absolutely. That does appeal to me. That does appeal to me. Big time. It's time for us to go into Appreciation Mail. Um, we'll come up with a jingle at some point. Um, so, here, a first bit of uh, Appreciation Mail. It's Brian here. Say again? It's Brian here to do it. Oh, my God. Do you know what? I thought there was something that was unusual about this. And also... JC3000. I am sorry. I was sad about me earlier. sad about me earlier. All right, don't make it all about you, JC3000. Yeah, fucking hell. I'll take your batteries out if you feel the pain. I am sorry. It's okay. It's all right. Don't. He's on his way. Where's Brian? He's on his way. I'm just coming up the road, you know what I mean? I I'm sorry, I was late, boys. I was I was downstairs. I was making myself a cup of tea and polishing my Rolls Royce. So here I am. Uh, I'm here to read out your, your your fan mail. We're calling it appreciation mail now, Brian. If you'd, oh, know, you'd know if you're here on time. I'm so I'm so sorry. I must have missed a memo. <laughs> yeah, you must have missed a memo. I'm very disappointed with both you, Brian. You, I don't think you realise how much preparation me and Nick do for these shows it's, every week. Or both of you, JC3000 and Brian. Sorry. What have you got to say for yourselves? I am sorry. Yeah, I've got to agree. I'm sorry as well. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you are. I'm, I'm sorry too, but I was here <laughs> in the background. Yeah, we know you're there, Christopher, but can you just pipe down for a minute? Sorry. That's okay. All right. Okay, Brian, here we go. Right. Okay. So I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll do my best this week. I'm a bit emotional, but I'll give it a go. There, here's, a, here's an email from a friend of the show, uh, Dan Truman. Uh, he, he, he's the wee lad that uh, d- d- designed your Christmas cards for Fuckfest this year, wasn't he, Nick? Yes, that's right, Brian. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he did a good job, didn't he? Yeah, he did do a really good job. Yeah, he helped make a lot more money for charity this year, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He's a, he's a, he's Thanks, a, Dan. What a all, great guy. All-round great guy, Dan Truman. Okay. Started Kaleidoscope this week, and so far I'm really enjoying picking the episode order around him. Have you watched it? Also, classic horror franchise opinions on the Leprechaun films. Apologies if this should have been an email. Couldn't remember if it was Gmail or Google Mail. Well, don't worry. The lads will be recapping the email address in a bit. Okay, that's an interesting one. Okay, so Kaleidoscope. Have you watched Kaleidoscope? No, I don't know what it is, really. Is it like that? 
Kaleidoscope is a thing where I think it's like a kind of a choose-your-own-adventure mm-hmm. where you can watch the episodes in any order and it all kind of like okay. fits together, which sounds brilliant. Um, it's TV. And it's not that I don't watch TV. Mm-hmm. It's that um, it's not my... Same. I would just I would just absolutely always rather watch a film. Me too. And, and I know that it's, all, it's like Tulsa King, right? It's a Sylvester Stallone TV series... And it's been out. I watched Samaritan straight away. <laughs> you know that um, that superhero film he did on Amazon. That was awful, right? But I watched that st- as soon as it came out. I watched what? it yeah. the first week it came if out. If Tulsa King was a film, I'd have watched it. I'd have watched it. I'd have watched <laughs> it by now. Tulsa King is a series, and it's just like, well, how long is the series? And it's Stallone doing a TV series. So is it going to be one season or how many seasons is this going to go for? Kevin Costner's yeah, doing. I was going to say he's got a Western thing or something. You go, oh, I'd watch that if it Absolutely. was a film. Absolutely, <laughs> there's a prequel to that starring Sam Elliott, and there's another prequel to that starring Harrison Ford. Yeah. I I love all three of them guys, and what they've got. Like hours and hours of TV. Um, no, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. I'd watch two hours, three cut hours. Down, cut down to. Uh... I would. Ra- I, I would rather. Um, what I would rather do is I would rather buy the Dances with Bulls special edition uh, secondhand on Amazon and wait the three weeks it will take to deliver it, and then <laughs> sit down and watch the four-hour version of Dances with Wolves, then sit sit down and watch like. A TV series over and over, you know. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what it I is. Hear, and I hear people saying how good they are, and there's a bunch of them I go, yeah, I reckon that's good. And yeah. I sort of add it to like a, a list that's now like never ending mm. of like, oh, yeah, 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 I'll get, oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'll get onto that. Well, Kaleidoscope is a TV series that stars the uh, the guy out of Breaking Bad called, uh, he's called Giancarlo Esposito. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, and yeah, he's great. He, he, right. So, He's beyond Bakersfield PD in the nineties. Oh, really? Okay, right. So, so uh, first I knew of him was Breaking Bad, right? And then uh, on the plane, I watched Do the Right Thing, and mm-hmm. he's in Do the Right Thing, and you oh, go, "Oh 90s. my god!" And that was eighty nine. And when you watch Do the Right Thing, everyone in that is famous. Yeah. Everyone in that went on to do something, you know. And uh, and it's sort of like it's like mind boggling, like. How many careers do the right thing launch? Like every single person in it, every single character is basically an actor that went on to either be big or was big at the time. It's just like an incredible thing. Anyway, so um, so Giancarlo uh, Esposito, he was in Breaking Bad, and uh, and now he's got this TV series, The Kaleidoscope. So I haven't seen it, but um, it does look good, and I think he's brilliant. Yeah, he was um, in Homicide: Life in the Street. He was in. Um uh, the Mandalorian as well, wasn't he? Yeah. He was like, oh the, yeah, 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 yeah. He was in Mandalorian. Um, he had the uh, the dark saber. Yes. Now, um, uh, so this is a, t- a two part question. Have you seen the TV series Kaleidoscope? No, no. and I haven't seen Tulsa King, and I haven't seen any of the Yellowstone uh, TV series or the spin offs. Would I watch? All of the Leprechaun movies, yeah, I would, and I'd do it in an I'd do it in an afternoon. I would do, I would do it, I would do it in an afternoon. I've never seen any of those. Right, I've I think I've seen uh, one and a half of them. Is it? Um, I've seen the first one. I saw the first one when it came out. Is it Warwick Davis? It's Warwick Davis. The first one is Warwick Davis and Jennifer Aniston. And isn't isn't is Leprechaun the one where? There's some sort of weird connection and one of the characters called Harry Potter or something in it. 
Oh, maybe. I think there's some sort of Harry Potter connection. To right, it. yeah, probably. Okay, right. That does sound So familiar. it's something like that. He, he, Warwick Davis is in Harry Potter, and he's also in Leprechaun, where one of the main characters is called Harry Potter. Right, that makes sense. That make, well, basically what happened was um, they made a Leprechaun movie. But then, right, <coughs> when did Wayne's World 2 come out? 90, oh, 92? Two? Yeah. No, it wouldn't have been, because there's a Jurassic Park joke in it. So it would have been 93 Five? or 94. Yeah, when was Wayne's be. World? No, Wayne's World was 90. Oh, it would be. Yeah, oh, then it must be like 92. It can't be then. Was Wayne's World 90 or 92? Maybe Wayne's World was 92 and, then, and that was 94. So in Wayne's World 2, Wayne is taunting Garth by going, I'm the leprechaun. And Wayne oh, and, and yeah. Garth is like going, oh, no, 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 no. So Friends, uh, Ace Ventura came out in 93 starring Courtney Cox and Jim Carrey. Um, and then... <laughs> Friends That's a funny, came uh, out. Billing. Friends came out. <laughs> Friends came out. Uh, like when Friends came out, it was sort of like marketed, or or maybe it was only because uh, Courtney Cox was the most visible at that point. But um, oh yeah, very much. Sort she of was marketed. a star. Yeah, and like every week there'd be a different sous chef, and she'd talk about uh, like problems. She was the only one that kind of like had storylines that were away from the rest of them at first. Oh, yeah, I felt that she had a bit of a profile. Well, it's her. It's her flat. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, you know, um, uh, Rachel is her friend that moves into her flat. Mm-hmm. Joey and Chandler are the, cu- are the two guys that live over the, yeah. over the way from her flat. And Ross is her brother. Yeah. So everything In much the same way that Seinfeld is called Seinfeld and it's an ensemble piece. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, in much the way that Seinfeld is called Seinfeld and it's an ensemble fe- piece, Friends... It's called Friends, like it's an ensemble piece, but it's actually about Courtney Cox, yeah. right? Uh, at first. Or was it? And it was at first. And then they were like, actually, we don't know what to do with this character. And then she became the worst character. <laughs> um, but, um, but, uh, but only really late on. I watched her season seven when I was on holiday. Okay. When you're on holiday, it's time to watch Friends. I, I never, I still never saw the end of Friends. I watched a lot of it and never got to the Friends, end. Friends was one of those things. I was obsessed with Friends. I watched it week in, week I loved out. It. Loved it. And then on the last day, I watched it, cried, never thought about it ever again. And now, like years later, they're repeating it all. Well, I thought in the nineties it got a bit of a. I remember it being very uncool, and yeah. I'd, I'd always be telling people it's actually really funny. I, it was very, it was very uncool, and uh, and I would say uh, I think the writing's brilliant. Edge Lord reviews yeah me too and and uh, i think that it was like star trek where uh the um there would be a good season and a bad season a good season not star trek tv star trek the movies obviously yeah where all the even number star trek movies are the good ones um uh but you know i don't know i don't know I'm pretty sure I like an odd one, odd number. <laughs> I think I, I don't, I don't think that rule that. works. It doesn't. It doesn't, it doesn't work entirely. Work in it well, hang on. Star Trek One. That's the boring one. Star boring. Trek Two. Khan is good. Uh, Nicholas Meyer. Uh, Star Trek Three. Uh, that's a boring one. Star I Trek, like Three. Star, I prefer Three to Four. Four is my favourite. No. Four is what I, I think of as Star Trek. I never uh, liked Four. I like anything that's sort of. Oh, Nicholas Meyer had done um, Time After Time. Yeah. And so when he did time after time, it was about um, it was about a time travelling. Who was the time traveller in it? Was it H.G. Wells was actually time traveller? Yeah, and it's uh, so H.G. Wells tra- travels to modern day San Francisco, and in Star Trek Four, it was set in modern day tr- San Francisco, oh. and Nicholas Myers wrote it, and he was like, "Well, I used a bunch of jokes that I didn't <laughs> use in time after time." It was like it was brilliant. Um, I listened Five. to I listened to him talking to Mick Garris on uh, Postmortem, oh, yeah. which is another excellent podcast. It's very good. Right, so. Um, 
So, so Star Trek Four. Star Trek Five is the Shatner one. Never ever seen it. I've never seen it. It looks terrible. And should we do that one week? Should we watch Star Trek Five? Oh, I don't know. Star Trek Six. Brilliant. Brilliant. I think that's the best one. That is the best one. That's Nicholas Meyer again. Yeah. Right. So he he wrote he wrote Wrath of Khan, and he directed Wrath of Khan. Didn't that's he? great, actually. Wrath of Khan. Did he great. direct Wrath of Khan? Uh, I think he did. I'm not sure though. I'm not sure. Well, he wrote and he wrote it definitely, and then they said, "Do you want to come back?" Because Wrath of Khan is the one where Spock dies. Spoiler. Search for Spock is the one where Spock comes, comes back. back, and he was just like, "I don't know how to do resurrection. I know how to kill <laughs> off. I know I knew how to kill off Spock. Don't know how to bring him back." So he stepped aside for that one. Then he came back on, and he and he wrote uh, Star Trek Four again uh, for Leonard Nimoy to direct. Shatner came along. He did. Uh, he directed. He didn't like uh, the idea of someone else directing. He, he a film. was just like, well, if he's directing a film, I'm directing. Do you want to direct a film? film? Not really, but I'm going to do well, it. I'm going to do it. Uh, but Shatner got shafted. Like the budget got cut, and then by the end of it, he was just like, well, I'm going to have to make something out of the footage that I've got, and oh, it God, doesn't. Yeah. Just it, as a just as an aside as well, you showed me that clip of William Shatner uh, promoting Star Trek V. We think. Oh God. And it's in like a theatre. And oh. it's basically all he's got to do. They're all in, basically all in costume. And in a theatre, they've done a little press conference where they're all in their gear, all in their Star Trek uniforms of the time, of the era. Um, and have sort of created... They're all in like the red sort of like yeah. military... Sort of uh, jumpers, where they've got more. They're more like jumpers, and then they've got kind of like flared boot cut kind of like trousers, and and they're all on in costume, and they're all like I think they've all given out champagne, and they're all kind of like, and he introduces. He just wants to introduce the cast. Hi, I'm William Shatner. I play uh, uh, Captain Kirk, and he goes through the cast. This is Leonard Nimoy, and they're bearing in mind at this point they've probably so this is 1990, we think, right? 1990, something like that. Yeah. So Star Trek was like mid 60s started. Yeah, so yeah, twenty five years probably they've known each other. To be fair, the character uh, that he's talking about only came into the second series. Did he? So um, let's say so over twenty years. So he's like going here, right? Yeah, here's Leonard Nimoy. Here's DeForest Kelly. Here's uh, Nichelle Williamson. Is it Williamson or Williams? Uh, uh, Nichelle Nichols. N- Nich- what is it? Nichols. Nichelle Nichols, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Right. Sure. Isn't it? Let's go. JC three thousand. JC three thousand. Who played uh, Lieutenant Uhura? It's still in the me Star typing. Trek? It's still me typing. All right, <laughs> <laughs> Nick, type this into JC 3000s keyboard, will you? Star Trek. Who played? Right in. Who Star played? Star Trek. What am I typing in? There's so much Star Trek now. Uhura. Original series. Oh, Uhura. How do you spell Uhura? All right. Yep. Well, I'll get right. So he's going. Yeah, Nichelle Nichols. Yeah. Right. So William Shatner comes out and he goes, "Here's Leonard Nimoy." Put your hands together for Leonard Nimoy. They wave, they wave. For Nichelle Nichols. Wave, For yeah. DeForest Kelly. A bit of applause. Hello. It's George Takai. Hi, I'm George Takai. James Doohan. Hello, I'm James Doohan. Scotty. Uh, 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 the guy who played Chekhov. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's on YouTube. Watch that. That oh is incredible. Oh, my God. It is incredible. He literally, he like, he's got a smile and then his shoulders just yeah. slump and he's just like going, <laughs> fuck you, Bill. Fuck you. I've been with you since the second series of Star Trek. That's the inconsistency because, like, uh, Khan is a bad guy in the first series of Star Trek. And then um, he recognises uh, Chekhov, but Chekhov wasn't in Star Trek in the first series. He only came in into the second series. So, um, <laughs> so why right? are we? Why are we on this? All oh, right, like Friends, Leprechaun, good season, bad season. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. So, so okay, um, so seven, how, so seven. How, how do we do this? How do we do generations? This? How do we do this? Right, okay, yeah, seven was generations, not good. Uh, 
uh, eight. Did I first have I told my story about Generation? What was your first? What was your story about Generation? I think I might have told. Did I not tell you? I went to see Gary Oldman do a talk at the uh, BFI South Bank a couple of months ago, and he was talking about how Malcolm McDowell, star of Time After Time. Um, oh, fucking hell. Um, <laughs> that's JCAS. That's the J. Um, <laughs> oh, fuck me. Um, Malcolm McDowell, he became, he was, so Gary Oldman, I know we're going off topic, we'll get back there, we'll wind back. Will we? No. Um, <laughs> but. What have you done, Dan? As he was growing up, as Gary Oldman was growing up, he's one of his big heroes, you can imagine, was uh, Malcolm McDowell from like Clockwork Orange, Orange and, and If and things. So he's got, so if you're a little kid and he's sure. like acting, you're someone your favorite actor is a British girl. actor. I love Malcolm McDowell. Oh, I love him. Absolutely. His work in Tank Girl and the Halloween (laughs) remakes was absolutely... And Rob Zombie's Halloweens. Oh, my God. Second to none. Have you seen Clockwork Orange? Oh, what's that? (laughs) Clockwork what? Well, that's Gary Oldman. He was a big fan of Tank Girl and... uh, (laughs) And Rob Zombie's Halloween. (laughs) Yeah, just those two specifically. Not Halloween, though. Halloween 2. Rob Zombie's Halloween (laughs) 2 specifically and Tank Girl. And that's what Gary Oldman was talking about. He's a big fan of those two movies. So Gary Oldman comes out. Uh, He comes out and he was talking about it. And he goes, yeah, and of course I moved to Hollywood when I was working in Hollywood. And Gary Oldman came across so well. He just didn't have any sort of sense of... Like, to Gary Oldman, he's just an actor... And he's obviously still friends with all these guys who are all there, who are all kind of actors, British actors about his age, who you'd sort of recognise from, you know, there's people like have been in like London's Burning and things. And he was just like, oh, and they're all his mates. Yeah. So he's still got all these same acting mates that he's had that are all at this thing. And he's talking about, he goes, oh, of course, I went over to Hollywood, though. He goes, he goes, it's just where the work was, you know, it's just that's where <laughs> it's just where, where the work was. Um, yeah. So then he's talking about he's going, he goes, and then I became friends with Malcolm McDowell, which is amazing because he was like my hero growing up. And uh, he goes, oh, he's such a great guy. And he, and he said, and in real life, he was much more northern than he often played. Often you'd see him interviewed and he seemed quite posh. Yes, but he right. spoke to him, he was much more, like had, had a sort of quite strong Yorkshire accent in real life. And he goes, uh, and he was telling me a story. He worked on a Star Trek film and he said he was sat on set when he was reading the paper and he said, William Shatner sidles up to him, sits down next to him and says, how does it feel, Malcolm? And he says... How's what feel? And he goes, to be the man who kills Captain Kirk. And he says, well, I don't feel anything, really. And he goes, I think you must feel something, because when this film goes out, you're going to be one of the most hated men in America. (laughs) (laughs) And he says, oh, yeah, you reckon, do you? And he says, yeah, you're bound to be one of the most hated men in the whole of America. And he goes, maybe, maybe. See, I think... I might be hated by half of America. And William Shatner says, oh, yeah. And who's the other half? And he goes, the half that have had it up to fucking here we are. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That is brilliant. That is brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's wind back. Let's wind this back. All right, okay, right, yeah. So first contact. (laughs) Excellent. Great. What's the one after that? Oh, the one after that is dreadful. They're on like, um, it's all now the next generation cast. Nemesis, is it? No, before that. And they're on like a planet. It's like like, like a sort of, is it it one where they just grow plants or something? Yeah, they go to like a hippie commune for like two hours. And nothing happens, right? And it's got F. Murray Abraham in there. Yeah, God, what was that? Insurrection. Insurrection. Oh, my God. I remember watching that and my toes were curling. I thought it was so bad. Oh, my God. Fucking hell. And it's got all those horrible bits in like next, like people love Next Generation. I find Next Generation quite 
quite outgoing. Like, and it's all those bits so, that get really silly where they always do, like dress up as Robin Hood and things. What I you know, love, what I love about Star Trek is um, just knowing that most of the cast hated each other yeah. and just sort of like how it's like. Um, it's like a, a contest of personality on screen. Yeah. Do you know, it's like all of these egos battling with each other. And I love the relationship between all of those characters. Me too. Um, I also really like those actors. And I love, I the, think, I, I think, I love the actors. I, I, I'm, 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 I, I, that, that story doesn't show Shatner in a good light. But I, I, and I think Shatner is probably a tricky personality. I've met Shatner. He, of course he you was, have. He was a dick. But... <laughs> but Love him. I think he's great. He's got every right to be. <laughs> and to be honest, it's one of my ch most cherished memories, the way he <laughs> offhandly basically told me to fuck off. Uh, it was just like, I just think it's one of my cherished memories that not only uh, did I meet William Shatner, but he lived up to every awful story I've ever heard about. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. Really, I loved him. But great. Um, him, Lennon, the Amoy, the sort of person, He's the sort of person that will block us. Yes. So, uh, so, but like, in what in what order though? In what what favorite? Yeah. Well, I really well. Go on. Hang on. I think I think Shatner might be my favorite, but it might be Nimoy. I don't know. It might be Shatner. I feel like if if. I don't like Star Trek. Uh, I'm not a big... Like I, <laughs> like, I always think, oh, I love the original cast, and then I'll think, oh, I'll watch some original series Star Trek. Cannot get through it. Okay, I've maybe I've tried many really times tried. to watch Star Trek, but those um, three films in the original <laughs> cycle of original cast Star Trek movies are, like, as good as any other films. Yeah. I don't... And I don't really get on with... I really like Patrick Stewart as an actor... I'm not fussed oh, about uh, yeah, I like, I like Captain Patrick. Picard and all that. I'm not fussed about it. Like, I don't have any um, nostalgia for them. No. I, it felt like... You, you remember how boring Sequest DSV was? Yeah. It was like that. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was a boring show. It was, uh, next boring. Generation. <laughs> it was boring. Bore me to fucking tears. It's like, fuck me, it's fucking dull. Oh, God. It looked great, though. I remember that first episode, just like going, oh, my God, he took a lift down... Uh, in, into like uh, down through the Star Trek uh, Starship Enterprise, and you kind of like go, Oh wow, this is kind of like no expense bad. This is great. <laughs> Star Trek works best boring. when they're essentially like action movies in space, like the like the Borg film oh, well, is not, the best film because it's basically just full on like not necessarily an action film, like a, like Star Trek Six is a Cold War thriller mm. where it's about kind of like and a murder mystery, yeah, and a murder mystery, and it's kind of like taking the end of the Cold War and so like, sort of like transposing that to um, humans and Klingons. And it's, it's brilliant. It's a murder mystery. It's got a really good cast. It's got Christopher Plummer. Like, Christopher Plummer and uh, William Shatner were, like, really good mates. And Christopher... Uh, like, uh, William Shatner was um, Christopher Plummer's understudy. And, uh, uh, and uh, uh, Christopher Plummer got ill when he was playing... What part was it? Henry V or Hamlet? Christopher Plummer got ill. He got taken to hospital. And William Shatner took over and... Christopher Plummer climbed out of his bed and he went to the theatre. No way. And he watched William Shatner doing his role. He's like, he's doing it differently. And uh, like, yeah, it's like every time that like, Christopher Plummer would stand up, uh, William Shatner would sit down. You know, he'd just uh, he'd take everything that he did. He said he did a great job. Um, yeah, it's got David Warner in it. It's got um, it, 
it's got uh, Michael Dorn, who goes on to play Worf, and he's playing one of Worf's ancestors. Oh, nice it touch. Was, it was sort of nice like... Touch. Christian well, Slater pops Christian up for a bit. Slater, why? Do you know why? Because his, his mum was a casting agent, his was a casting and he was a big agent. Star Trek fan, and they were casting it, and I think they were just going to get, like, you know, virtually like a, a new actor to do it. And Christian Slater was like, no fucking way. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And then he did it, and he got paid, and he didn't ever cash his check. He framed it. That's lovely. Mm. I like Christian Slater. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but like, why? <laughs> why didn't cash his check? Well, like, no, but no, no. Why do you like? Why do you like? Why do you like Christians? I like Christians later, but why? Because you mean based on what films? Yeah, based on what? Like Heather's? Heather's? I've seen Heather's three times and I like it a bit. I like it. I mean, in Heather's, he's doing Jack Nicholson impression as well. Yeah, so right. So it's not, I don't like him because of Heather's. Broken Arrow, he is playing a straight action role. Mm -hmm. Boring. Bed of Roses, he's playing a straight romantic comedy. It was like, he was one of them quirky actors like Johnny Depp where they didn't really know what to do with for ages and ages. And it was only after Johnny Depp sort of like went past his prime and then he became a character actor that people were suddenly, he became a megastar. But in the, obviously he was like a pinup, but he was sort of like, like teenage girls like Johnny Depp in the 90s. And then, and I know why I like Johnny Depp. Edward Scissorhands is still one of my favourite films. I think he's incredible. I think it's absolutely incredible. He absolutely disappears in it. And whenever you see him in Nightmare on Elm Street, you go, oh, fucking hell, I love Johnny Depp. But, you know, but with, um, with Christian Slater, it's like, why? Like, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, I guess. But yeah. he's doing an American act. He's bad in it. But he's, I'll tell you what it might be. Young Guns 2. Young Guns 2. That's why I like him. <laughs> he's he's a fucking dick in that movie. He's brilliant. Arkansas Dave Rudabar. Yeah. They know my name. <laughs> he's brilliant. Yeah, he is brilliant. Young Guns 2. <laughs> Do you know what it was? It was like the triple punch of Heathers, Young Guns 2. Yeah. Uh, what was the other one? Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> a bit of Star Trek. No, what was the other one? Uh, what was around that time? Oh, Pump Up the Volume? No, the one that we just said. Uh... Uh, uh, Robin of Prince of Thieves. Yeah, Robin of Prince of Thieves. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, that would have been like, yeah, but yeah, because because Christian Slater, I don't know, like he's not the lead in um, in Robin of Prince of Thieves. No, he's not the lead in Young Guns. He's not the lead in Star Trek. <laughs> he's not the lead in Star Trek. He's not. He's not really the lead in Heather's. No. So, like, so pump up the volume. Never seen cuffs. Never seen. Uh, I went to see him uh, on on stage do uh, one, uh, one Flew Over oh, the Cuckoo's you? Nest. Uh, one Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest is my favourite book, and um, again, that's him riffing on being. But Jack then Nicholson, it's like, right? but that's stunt casting, isn't it? That's mm. not him riffing on it. That's them going. Wouldn't it be perfect to get the guy that everyone says is like a young Jack Nicholson? Mm. So yeah, that, yeah. Anyway, okay, right. So, um, so yeah. So basically. Uh, when Friends came out, Jennifer Aniston became a big star, yeah. and then the Leprechaun got re-released. So I, I reckon I probably saw the Leprechaun. Oh, on, so Courtney Cox in Leprechaun? No, Jennifer Aniston. Ah, in okay. Leprechaun. Uh, Courtney Cox was the big star. I think Leprechaun got made probably the same year that Friends started, okay. or maybe she did it just before Friends, and so it would have been ninety three, ninety four, uh, and then Friends came out big, big hit, and then they re-released Leprechaun as starring Jennifer Aniston. Um, and uh, yes, yeah, so I probably saw it about 96. Um, 
do I like the Leprechaun movies? Well, I saw it once and I never saw any of the sequels, so no. No. I would it's watch them. I would watch them all. It's one of them ones where they don't take themselves seriously and they've gone, the fourth one, we've got Leprechaun in the hood. And, oh, yeah, and, it's all that, and, and iced teas in it or someone. I don't know. And, are they and then they go Leprechaun in space. Are they, they self-consciously like, bad films? Yeah. I never like Because those. they put it in space. It's, right. a, it's like, they're like going... Well, have they all got Warwick Davis in? Uh, they did. And then I think Vern Troyer took over at one point, oh, And okay. then someone else is doing it now. But like they're, re- they're relaunching it. I don't sure. Know. I guess he's busy with Tenable. Yeah, I guess. <sighs> My God. So anyway, the, yeah, Leprechaun, never seen him. So that was a good, quick way of just answering your mail <laughs> <laughs> there, Dan Truman. No problem. I think that's a comprehensive answer. Uh, we haven't seen Leprechaun and we haven't seen Kaleidoscope. No. Um, am I all right to step in now? Yeah, all right, Brian. Hi, Nick and Nat. Happy new beard to both of you. Oh, no, hang on. Happy new beard to you both. Better. Yeah, that's right, Brian. Uh, <laughs> I hope this email reads. I hope this email reaches you. Have you been drinking? Yep. I hope I just took a lot of cough medicine and it made me very drowsy. Very, very drowsy, man. I hope this email reaches you as I'm not sure I'm used to the correct combination of Nick, Nat, and. Oh no, hang on a minute. I'm getting all my words wrong. I'll start from the top. Hey, Nick and Nat. Happy new beer to you both. I hope this email reaches you as I'm not sure I've used the correct combination of Nick, Nat and JCIS. And then there's a little kind of like emoji of Smiley someone face. with their tongue stuck out. It's a tongue. I never really know what these emojis mean. Oh, that means he isn't going to lick the screen. Lick the screen. Nick and... I don't know what that means. I mean, I think it means like, are they joking, man? So what's the smiley face then? The smiley laughing face is I'm happy. Okay. The smiling face is like, I'm smiling at you. The laughing face is, I am only joking, mate. I said you're a cunt, but it's so, only so a on. joke. So smiley face is, I'm happy. Laughing face is, I'm joking. What's the tongue then? The tongue is like, I'm being wacky, mate. Right. I don't know what that last word was. It was a combination of man and mate. But I'm doing my best. Nick, it's not my first language. My first language is Geordie. Nick, in the last podcast, you mentioned not being a fan of Temple of Doom, but then changing your mind after rewatching it. I watched it with the family on Christmas Day, declaring that the intro with the fight on the vial, uh, f- with the fight for the vial of the antidote in the club after Indy is poisoned, was one of the best stars turning film. But after watching it again, I was pretty underwhelmed. Funny how things seem different in your memory, isn't it? What do you both think is the best intro to a film? I really love the car chase and Baby Driver, but I'm afraid to watch it again in case I've also misremembered it. Consuming and being Emma. Thanks, Great. Emma. What I would say, what I would say about the intro to Temple of Doom, what I would say about Temple of Doom is I think the reason I didn't like it um, is that Raiders of the Lost Ark and uh, Last Crusade both seem to be inspired by films like Lawrence of Arabia. They're like these huge, epic, uh, globe-trotting um, kind of like adventure movies that kind of, they're sprawling, they're huge. They take place over a number of weeks. There's the Nazis. There's also Temple of Doom, in re-watching it, I, it had never occurred to me, but Temple of Doom basically takes place in one afternoon where they visit a temple. They go to a temple, and, and that night they have dinner, and that night 
They go into the temple and then they get kidnapped and Indy gets possessed and then they escape and then they're out and then that's the end of the film. And it's a very slight story um, in the world of Indiana Jones. And it, and it starts off in uh, Shanghai, does it start off? And, uh, and there's this big musical number and it's kind of like this really bonkers musical number because it's, it's a dinner show where Kate Kepshaw comes out and sings Anything Goes in Mandarin. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing. Um, <laughs> and then there's like this huge Busby Berkeley kind of fantasy uh, dance sequence. She goes like, basically, Kate Kepshaw comes out, she sings the song, the, the title comes out, you've got Indiana Jones. Uh, she sings she sings like this whole thing. Then, then uh, once she starts singing, she goes backstage and then she goes back through the curtain. And when she goes back through the curtain, this huge, fantastical Busby Berkeley dance number takes place. And it's just like, is that happening backstage? Like, who's this for? Like, the audience can't see it. And then she comes back out again at the end. Like, it's, I think it's a great sequence. And I think maybe, maybe what you've done there is you've overpromised to your family and said, this is the best thing ever. And people have been kind of like a bit nonplussed and you've kind of like gone, well, maybe it's not as good. It's probably not as good as you remember, but it is really good. I think it's still really good. Um, and, and, and what I enjoyed about Indiana Jones was that it was like, it was like a really slight, Adventure. It was like a small adventure in a pantheon of other adventures that you imagine he was getting up to. So that's the best opening to any film. Um, there's, there's loads, but I would say the one I keep coming back to time after time is I think the first 10 minutes of Cliffhanger is the best 10 minutes of <laughs> any film ever made, basically. I think the opening, I think the opening, I think the first 10 minutes of Cliffhanger before it turns into kind of like a, I mean, when Cliffhanger came out, 1993, same year, uh, right, what a year. 1993, Last Action Hero, Cliffhanger, Demolition Man, and Jurassic Park. Like, w like what a year. And um, I remember going to see Demolition Man with my friend, and we both loved it. And I remember seeing it in 1993 on the 23rd of December. Right. And I remember coming out the cinema, having watched it, going, what a great film. And I turned to him and said, and tomorrow's Christmas Eve. What a, what a week. Yeah. <laughs> what a week we're having. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I think Demolition Man out of the two, I didn't, see, I didn't see Cliffhanger at the cinema, but Demolition Man was just, I could not wait for that to come out on video. I read the book, uh, like the novelization of it. I, I just thought, there was, there's like all these subplots in the novelization that obviously get cut out of the film. And um, and there's there's some really good bits in the novelization. I'm not a big novelization guy, but I loved Demolition Man so much that I read it. Um, the uh, so Cliffhanger was like one of them uh, diehard knockoffs where it's like diehard on a mountain, and then there was like diehard on a boat, which was. And at the time, it was kind of like a bit like, yeah, this is a format, this is a formula, and st this is Stallone's, you know, throwing it, this is Stallone throwing his hat in the ring and doing his diehard movie. But when you look back on it now, it's like it's not. It's better than than a lot of the Die Hard movies. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And and I think I think Cliffhanger, the body of the movie, is good. John Lithgow gives a really enjoyable performance yes. in it. But the opening ten minutes of Cliffhanger, incredible. And I would also say recently, the opening ten minutes or however long it was of Halloween Ends was fucking incredible. <laughs> like I could not believe the beginning of Halloween Ends, regardless of what anyone thinks of the rest of the movie. 
to the 10 minutes at the beginning, like the whole cinema just gasped. And I, you know, me and my girlfriend, we looked at each other and we couldn't believe. Like, then, the, and the credits take, c- come on. And the credits go on for ages, and you're just like thinking, "What happens next? What happens next?" And then what happens next doesn't really make sense. But the credits were like, I, I was just waiting through the credits, just like absolutely with my head in my hands, going, "I can't believe they opened the movie like that." It was horrific, absolutely, absolutely brilliant. What would you say your best opening to? Well, the one was? I immediately thought of is the one I did uh, for Richard Sandling's perfect movie. He did. He asks you to come up with your favourite opening one. That's one of his questions. And at the time, the one we filmed was A Matter of Life and Death with David Niven. And that opening where it's just him giving his sort of um, about to die or presumably he's about to die in this helicopter in World War Two. And he gives this big, long speech uh, to the woman who's receiving this message and basically taking down his sort of final words, I think is such a great opening to a film and it's such a big like set piece that that was always the thing that I went that's the best start to any film because that's and once you do it you go it hasn't even started yet and this is the start of the film Um, I might also add um, Babylon because it has a man being covered in elephant shit (laughs) (laughs) straight from the anus so our final bit of appreciation mail this week isn't really appreciation mail, but um, uh, came via Twitter. Yeah, that's right. It came via Twitter. Okay, Brian, do you know what Twitter is? No. Okay, right. Well, we'll take hope from now on. I think you've served your purpose this week. All right, lads. Up it. Yeah, whatever, Brian. Um, okay, right. So Bilal sent us. It was John Carpenter. Yeah. It was John Carpenter's birthday this week. Bilal Zafar, friend of the show. Uh, John Carpenter was 75, and Bill Alzafar, friend of the show, he uh, uh, tweeted at us, um, it was a list from Far Out magazine. Far Out magazine had compiled a uh, list of um, uh, John Carpenter movies, uh, worst to best. Worst now, to best. I, I think, you know, um, I said to Nathaniel, you know, Lists are basically clickbaity, right? They're, they're kind of like they are. Uh, they're beneath us. Um, if you know, a, a list is something that's there to kind of like make sense of something in an easily digestible format, so that people don't really have to put in the legwork to mm-hmm. do it. You know, lists are basically they're cheap and uh, they're a good. You know, they're a good way of like hooking people into a thing, but. Um, but uh, but I'd completely forgotten that you do a podcast called List Off. Um, so I'm sorry about that, Nathaniel. Um, Ours is better though. It isn't that. To be fair, it isn't that. Yeah, I only listen to one podcast. This one. This one. Uh, as it goes out live. Ju- uh, as it goes out live. Uh, yeah. And that's just your. Sometimes you you don't listen to all my bits. Um, I, do, I don't always listen to to your bits though. To be fair, Nathaniel. Um, so uh, it's mainly. Anyway, so Far Out magazine did uh, did a, did a list of all of John Carpenter's movies from worst to best, mm-hmm. and I thought it might be fun for. Uh, I, re- I looked at the list, and I think it. Uh, do you know what? I think it's pretty bang on. <laughs> okay, right. <laughs> but um, but I thought it'd be fun to see if you could, and, we, and also this will highlight what films we've got lacking and that we need to kind of like. Because um, I because I fully admit I've not seen every single John Carpenter movie quite deliberately so i've been saving them but it's just like i'm thinking what am i saving them for you know i'm i'm getting older jc's getting older 
and JC's, you know, getting older. So I think that on behalf of everyone, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, I, I, I'm, I'm just gonna for this for this show, but also I'm gonna just basically work my way through everything that I haven't seen. But also I'm gonna really watch some stuff that I haven't. What I noticed about um, uh, about about rewatching Christine recently was like I'm appreciating them as works of art rather than just like oh that story didn't get me you know I'm I appreciating all the aesthetics for mm-hmm. it and like all of the design of the films and um and and kind of like I'm trying to look for even on something that was like mainstream like Christine which was a Stephen King adaptation I think it's kind of like you're trying to like find the filmmaker within the the kind of like the, maybe it's a maybe he did some of them for the cash do you know what I mean um but anyway so we've got 18 films on this list right of John Carpenter movies have I introduced this well enough yeah yeah I think so, so we've got 18 films so this is going to be like what we're going to do for the rest of the show I think mm-hmm. so we've got 18 films uh and uh, starting with number 18 so this is the worst also, one there, so. also what sort of constitutes as a movie um, he did a movie uh, called Elvis, starring mm-hmm. Kurt Russell as Elvis, but it was a TV movie that came out in 78, didn't mm-hmm. it? Like the year after Elvis so, died. So I think this list, we'll see actually what it includes. W- but when was 79, that? Elvis. Elvis was 79, so two years after he died. Um, so uh, Kurt, Kurt Russell played Elvis, and it was a TV movie, and I, and I can't remember if that's on this list. And also he's done like a bunch of episodes of Masters of Horror, um, music I've, videos. He's done music videos. I've not. I've not seen a lot of these things. Um, so, uh, so, so these are things for me to sort of like catch up on, and for both of us to catch. I think we both got gaps, but um, but also, uh, uh, what constitutes as a movie? Well, I think it's got to be theatrically released and like over seventy minutes. Um, so, or maybe not even theatrically released. No. I think when we look at this list, we'll find. End of part one. Later, losers. <laughs>